Good morning to you all. It's so lovely to see you and welcome to all of you on the live stream as well. Uh, let me read our Bible reading for today. It's very short and it's going to come up on the screen. It's from Romans chapter 8. It says this, if God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things. Let me pray. Lord God, your word says there, if you're for us, who can be against us? And we pray right now that you would come and work amongst us by your spirit on this day, Vision Sunday part two, that you would be at work amongst us all uh, for your glory and for the building of your kingdom, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, those of you who uh, receive a weekly email from HDC and actually read it uh, will know uh, that this week I got myself some new glasses. Uh, a couple of months ago, um, one of my children, who will remain nameless, trod on my old pair of glasses. And so I've been going around the last couple of months uh, sort of uh, in a slightly blurred view of the long distance. Uh, it hasn't been too disastrous. I'm not that short-sighted. I also got a, a, a prescription pair of sunglasses, so I put on those whenever I needed to sort of see something clearly, which was fine. Apart from driving at night was a little bit uh, scary when you were wearing sunglasses. But apart from that, all was fine. Um, but not having glasses for two months meant I had a blurred vision of the long distance, a blurred vision. And I do think for many of us, actually at the moment, we're at a moment in history when our long distance vision is blurred. You know, we're so focused on the immediate, you know, the, the challenges of COVID, what's the latest announcement from Boris, How are, how's Donald Trump doing, the short term, that we find it difficult to lift our eyes up and then to look at the long distance. We find it difficult, our, our view of the long term, the view of the long distance, it is blurred. And I guess today, my prayer, my deepest desire for today is that as it were, it would help us all to have a pair of my new glasses. That today would help us as a church to have a vision that we are clear on for the long term, even in the midst of a global pandemic. Picture, if you will, for a moment, William Wilberforce in 1792. It was the year that him and his family moved to Clapham. And he'd already been working tirelessly to try and work for the abolition of the slave trade for the previous five years, and it had got nowhere. And that day, he again had one of his motions defeated in Parliament. And he came back uh, that evening, he sat at his desk in Clapham, and he was downbeat, uh, he was disheartened, he was ready to just give it all up. You know, why? I just can't do it. I cannot, I cannot manage to work for this abolition of the slave trade. And as he was there, he picked up his Bible, and he started leafing through his Bible. And as he did that, uh, a letter fell out from his Bible that had been there since he'd received it a year previously. And that letter was from John Wesley, the famous preacher, the person that uh, brought about a revival in the Church of England. And uh, John Wesley, it actually was his very last letter that he ever wrote in his life. He wrote it to Wilberforce on his deathbed just a few days before uh, he died. And as Wilberforce picked up that letter that had flooded out of his Bible that night, it was then more than ever that he needed the words that Wesley wrote to him in that letter. And this is what Wesley wrote. He said this, unless God has raised you up, you will be worn out by the opposition of men and devils. But if God be for you, 
who can be against you? Oh, be not weary of well-doing. And Wesley's letter, it was like my glasses to Wilberforce. Because it helped Wilberforce to have a clear long-term vision again. It lifted his eyes up from all the, the challenges and the struggles of the short term. And it enabled him to lift his eyes up and to keep going for what proved to be the next 15 years for Wilberforce before the slave trade was abolished. And it was that verse that in our reading today that Wesley quoted, If God is for us, then who can be against us? And today, on Vision Sunday Part 2, it is that verse that I want to speak to each of you at this time. Yes, for us at this time, there are struggles and there are challenges at the moment. Times, like I spoke of last week, when some of us will be feeling frustrated or fearful or flat or flummoxed. But HDC, let us not become weary of the vision that God has set before us as a church. His long-term vision for us. So will you? Today, grab your glasses. Will you put them on and will you look forwards into the distance? Let's say six years from now, 2026, when this building will have been built for 250 years. Can you see the vision six years from now? What can you see? 2026. Maybe like now, six services on a Sunday. Before COVID, we had around 600 people here on a Sunday. The past few weeks, we've had six people a day signing up to join Connect Groups. You do the maths, and it's not hard to imagine at least 1,000 people in this building on a Sunday by 2026 with flexibility in here and enough rooms out there for children and youth. But that seating capacity, it's really a sending capacity. By then, we'll have sent out a couple more church plants. Uh, one maybe east of here, one maybe south of here. By then, there'll be an HTC network of churches across South London. More churches that take the Bible seriously, but not ourselves too seriously. Churches who prioritize evangelism and have a heart of love for all, especially the most vulnerable. Churches with vibrant worship and where word and spirit go hand in hand. And just think by then, who will have been raised up and sent out to? You know, the interns of today are the vicars of tomorrow. And just as importantly, people who aren't ordained every life, bearing fruit for Jesus. All kinds of people from all kinds of backgrounds, in all kinds of work. People like the Sestaris, who I mentioned last Sunday. People like them, who haven't even come on Alpha yet, but will. People like them, who haven't even met Jesus yet, but by then they'll have a brand new vision for their life centered on Jesus. And by then, with room to expand and turbocharged in funding through our Wilberforce incubator, where will people turn when they want uh, crisis pregnancy advice or debt advice or help with addictions or help with food to eat? Here, the church on Clapham Common. And when school children and adults want to be educated, want to be inspired by Wilberforce and co, they won't just turn to William Hague's book and the movie, but they will come here to the Wilberforce Garden out there and events at church that connect the dots between our inspiring past and our exciting future. We had 85 alpha guests online during lockdown, but that can't happen here in person right now. But by 2026, we could fit that, that, all those in and more besides, or engaged couples, or toddlers and their carers, or youth. You get the picture. And it's not just our building that's creaking. It's our technology too. Wouldn't it be nice for the people who sit up there to be able to actually see and hear what's happening down here? They will by then. Now, nothing replaces the local church, but we would love to resource the local church around the globe. We increasingly have a global reach. 30% of the people on the live stream, hello to you, are watching from outside of the UK. And we would love to continue building deep roots in Jesus that produce wide shoots, wide as this world. 
but perhaps too, those shoots, they might reach closer to home, to the people out on the common, not today when it's pouring with rain, but in the summer, in the sun, those outside, downing yet another cider, might see that this building, it is not the urinal of Clapham Common, but it is it, its beating heart. That this church is alive, that it's shining even brighter than the fairy lights and the trees all around. And that when the going gets tough, when the vaccine for the loneliness pandemic still hasn't been found, when they're scared and frightened and they're hungry, or when all is well in the world, but they're asking, surely there is more to life than this, by then they'll come to the church on the common that is shining brightly and looking as alive as the Lord who we serve. That is the vision when I put my glasses on. Now, how will that happen? How will it happen? Look at our passage. If God is for us, then who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but give him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? The argument's from the greater to the lesser, isn't it? If God is willing to spare his own son, the Lord Jesus Christ, the second person of the Trinity, to give him up for us all on the cross, well, then he can certainly give us this vision if it be his will, can't he? And humanly speaking, as far as we can analyze it, the biggest barrier to this vision that I've just outlined, the biggest barrier is this building, which is why we are commencing our Revitalized 250 campaign today. Just take a look at this three-minute video. Holy Trinity Clapham was built almost 250 years ago and today we have a plan to renovate and renew our church building. This project is called Revitalize 250 because as well as looking back those 250 years, we're looking forwards to the future with a vision for a revitalized and extended space that is ready for the next 250 years. Inspired by the same vision led by William Wilberforce and the Clapham sect before us, we want to make a lasting impact for the gospel with every life bearing fruit for Jesus now and in the years to come. This venture is more than just removing pews and redecorating. This is an extensive reimagination of our building that will create opportunities for growth in every area of our church's ministry, whilst also preserving the historic elements of our building which celebrate our inspiring heritage. We are excited about all the opportunities Revitalize 250 will bring as we create a main space with the flexibility to run services and midweek events like our food bank, as we install a new kitchen so we can provide hospitality for enlarged courses like Alpha and Marriage Prep, as we extend our building, even digging down in some areas so we have enough space for children's groups and more, and as we design a more welcoming building and church grounds to better reach out and serve and connect with the community. Teams of experts and architects have helped us turn this vision into a plan where the space we currently have will be modified and slightly extended, giving us a safer, better functioning and more accessible building in which to serve and grow as a key resourcing church with a vision to revitalize churches across South London and beyond. Of course, in order to achieve all that we aspire to do with Revitalize 250, 
we need support. We need to raise £4 million to make this plan a reality. Whether you're able to give a small or large amount, we would love you to consider whether you might commit to a one-off or regular donation. Above all, we would love your help, your prayers, and for you to choose to be part of Revitalize 250 today. Now, last um, Sunday, I said that in response to that £4 million number drop, uh, some of us might be saying, well, we can't possibly afford to do Revitalize 250. But I want to say that we can't afford not to do Revitalize 250. Because without it, I cannot see how the vision I painted for you earlier can become a reality. And here's why. Two simple reasons. Firstly, because of what happens in our church midweek. Now, we knew it before, but COVID has proved it to be the case. To reach out to our local community, particularly those in greatest need, we need more space, and we need that now. We have just been made one of 52 city hubs operating across the UK for the National Love Your Neighbour campaign. So we formed a hub with three local charities. We're providing food, debt advice, and employment advice. We are working with individuals and families on low income, the homeless and refugees in South London. We currently have up to 100 people attending our food bank each Tuesday and are about to launch an advice clinic. But unlike all the other city hubs in this nation, our outreach work is significantly restricted by our building. The food bank, it has to be in that little room at the back just there and in order for us to add additional services such as a regular community lunch a job club employment training life skills a fresh start program for those struggling with addictions we need an open plan space a decent kitchen and more rooms and that's not to mention all the challenges that we have had with needing open plan spaces for our midweek courses and events and then with plans for a Wilberforce garden in the church grounds potentially designed by Juliet Sargent the winner of a Chelsea flower show gold medal for her modern slavery garden we are excited about the possibilities of how the whole environment here will be reaching out to South London and beyond so that's midweek and then secondly what happens here in church on a Sunday many of you will remember pre-covid the challenges we had with flexibility in our services how do we do our coffee times how do you do prayer ministry the big one having enough space for children's groups and with an increasing awareness that social distancing is probably going to exist for the long term there is even more need for extra rooms on a Sunday you know, we are one of 25 city centre resourcing churches in the Church of England. There are 25 churches that are resourcing churches. We are one of them. And of those 25 churches, 23 of them have had their ground floor pews removed. To do mission as a large church well, to do big services well, you need a flexible large space, as most cathedrals also demonstrate. In fact, the only two resourcing churches of those 25 that still have their pews are us and St. John's Crawley. And you know, St. John's Crawley are currently in negotiations to move out of their church building into an empty department store to enable the vision of their church to be realized and we do not want to have to go down that route now if I had more time I would try and explain a little bit more to you about why we're calling the project revitalized 250 but just remember this in 2026 it will be 250 years since the building was built but also get this uh, those Latin scholars amongst you uh, 250 in Roman numerals is CCL and what is this project about CCL continuing the Clapham legacy, but also Christ changing lives. Revitalize 250, it is far bigger than just a building. It is about Jesus Christ changing, transforming people's lives. 
In fact, if you look at the slides from the detailed Revitalize 250 uh, report that you can download from our webpage, you'll see that the aim is that the building project is completed well before 2026. By late 2022, early 2023, in an ideal world, we are breaking ground next summer, August 2021. But obviously, that is dependent on two big things. Number one, the planning permissions, which I said last week should be heading in uh, and be submitted at the end of this calendar year. And then number two, the finances. So on Vision Sunday part two, let me just reiterate and expand on what I said last week in terms of fi the financial side of things. We don't speak a lot about money here at HTC, but I unashamedly do around this time when we have Vision Sunday and all the more with the four million plus building project. And I said last week that our current congregational giving for general church funds, it's estimated to be around 865,000 pounds for 2020 this year. And for 2021, we are looking to keep that budget flat, which has its challenges. But we're doing that due to the financial uncertainties in the world at the moment and due to the fact that Revitalize 250 is an additional four million pound building project. And today, what I would love each one of you, if you are part of this church, I would love you to give your financial response to the regular church giving if you can. I'd love you to do that. And then I'd love you to commence thinking about how you might contribute to Revitalize 250. So let me take both of those in turn and explain the practicalities just in a moment. But before I do, let me just say a few words about why and how we give. Firstly, why we give. Why do we give? Well, yes, we give in response to a vision, a vision that excites us, that we believe in, that we're thrilled to be a part of. Yes, of course. But you know, more than giving in response to a vision, we give primarily in response to what God has first given us. And the first question for any one of us to ask before asking anything at all about the vision, the first question to ask is, do I believe that God loves me and that God has given to me? Do I believe that? And remember what our verse says. It says, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? All Christian giving begins with the realization that God is a giving, loving, self-sacrificing, generous God. And being bowled over by God's self-giving love to you and me, that then replicates it in our own lives and in our own giving. In fact, you know, giving is an act of worship. We may not be able to sing out loud at the moment, but we can give. And as we give, we are issuing a statement that our trust is in God and in his control of all our resources, even at this uncertain time, that we trust God as the one who looks after us, even if we feel frustrated or flat or fearful or flummoxed. Giving, it is the antidote to our worship of and trust in money, and it is part of our worship of and trust in God. That's why we give. And then how do we give? Well, there's so much I could say, but let me just give two thoughts. First, we give generously. God has given generously to us, and so we should copy that. The Bible gives a suggestion for giving 10% tithing. Uh, for, for some, it is a real struggle to give 10% of your income. For others, that's not even noticeable. I know someone in the congregation who I happen to have talked with about their financial giving. This person gives around 30% of their income because they don't need it all. I think of Wilberforce himself. When he was part of this congregation, he gave away one-third of his income, 33%. So when someone asks, how much should I give? I don't think there is a set answer. But every little bit of giving that we give is important. Some can give more, some can give less. That is okay. Please do not feel guilty if you can't give loads. That is okay. 
But I would say this. If we don't notice how much we're giving, then we probably should be giving more. You know, if our money just sort of slips out of our account each month and it makes no real difference to us, then we probably should be giving more. So give generously and give gladly. There's a verse in 2 Corinthians that literally says, God loves a hilarious giver. If you cannot give with a smile on your face, then don't give at all. And so, yes, there are challenges for each one of us today. You know, there are challenges in life. There are also challenges in our giving. Giving generously, it is a challenge. It means that we will need to operate at a lower standard of living than we otherwise would. But giving is also such a joy because we can never outgive God. If God has given up his only son for me, surely I can give up some money. You see, ultimately, our giving, it's not just a pragmatic response to an appeal. It's not so much the calculated thriftiness of an accountant, as lovely as you accountants are. It is more the almost exuberant extravagance of a lover. That's what giving is. And so as I close, this sermon series has been called You Are Invited. You're invited. You're invited to community, to this church. You're invited to come to Jesus. Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. You're invited to commit, to commit to Jesus and to commit to the vision of this church. And then today, you're invited to commence, to commence your giving for the next year's general church running costs and to commence your involvement today in the Revitalized 250 project. And just as Paul said to the Christians in Rome, in the midst of all sorts of challenges, and just as John Wesley said to William Wilberforce, in the midst of all sorts of challenges, so I want to say to each of you today, in the midst of all sorts of challenges, if God is for us, then who can be against us? Would you stand? Let's stand. Lord God, thank you that you are for us. We praise you for giving up your son for us. And we praise you that you graciously give us all things. And we pray this day for all your help and for all your provision for all that lies ahead. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, uh, what I'd love to do now um, is to just sort of speak very practically. And as I say, this is different to normal services and how we do things in terms of our response to the sermon. I'm also aware if you're, vis you're visiting us um, this morning, uh, I understand this may not be so relevant to you, that if you want to give financially to HTC, you are more than welcome. I won't say no. Um, but we're focusing, as I say, on two areas, general church funds and revitalize 250. So first of all, let's just think about general church funds. I'm hoping that most of you, if you're part of this church, are ready to decide your giving today. For Revitalize 250, I'm not expecting you to give today. You know, if you want to give £100,000 straight off, brilliant, but I, you know, I'm not expecting it. Um, I, I want you to begin to just think. All of us are just beginning to think, how are we going to be involved in Revitalize 250? So let's take them in, in terms of our response in turns. Uh, what would be really helpful if you might get out your phone, um, if your child is not using it. Um, get out your phone and head to holytrinityclapham.org on uh, the webpage. holytrinityclapham.org. Uh, and... Um, once you're on holytrinityclapham.org, uh, you will see at the top, top right corner, where there's the little um, lines, a drop-down menu, and there's one that says giving. And you might just go there and go to the giving page of the website. And let me just tell you 
as I said, £865,000 is what we're needing for church funds for the coming year. Let me tell you what giving to general church funds looks like for us as a family, for Susanna and me and the children. For us, uh, we give around 10% of our income away, and the lion's share of that amount we give to HDC rather than other charities. And we do that because there's a big pool of people who will give to big charities, but only people coming here, us, are going to be giving to this church. And so for us today, we are upping the amount that we give regularly to the church. Uh, we're upping it just by a very, very small amount for this coming year. But we're, and we're only upping it by a very small amount because we've also got an eye on Revitalized 250. Now, because we give already by standing order to the church, Susanna and I are filling in the Pledge Now button. So if you go down the giving page, you will see two buttons, Give Now and Pledge Now. And if you already give to the church, this is probably the one you want to press. Press the Pledge Now button. And as you press the Pledge Now button, you will go through to a very simple form. And you'll see there what to do. And very, very simply, I'm going to fill in my name, which I know, um, and hopefully you know yours. Um, and uh, then my email, which also I know. Um, and if you're able to fill it in right now, that is wonderful. Um, if you aren't, uh, just have a look and see what's going on. Then the pledge amounts, I'm going to stick in the new amount uh, that Susanna and I are planning, pledging to give per month. So how often do you want to give? Every month I'll tick. And then the last question, are you already a regular giver? I'm going to tick yes, and I'm amending my standing order. Even if you're keeping your giving exactly the same, I would love you to fill in this form and you just tick that middle box on the last question. Yes, I am keeping my standing order the same. And then when you've done that, uh, you can submit. And there you go. Very simple. If you're a new giver, if you don't yet give to the church, you can use that form and fill it in and then go onto your online banking app and set up your standing order just like I'm going to do. Uh, I'm going to amend mine tonight. But you might want to just give straight away. And if that's you, uh, rather than filling in the Pledge Now form, uh, if you go back to the giving page, you can go to the Give Now form. And you'll see if you press the Give Now form, you can put in all your details now, including your banking details, and you can give regularly or one-off. Uh, you can even give to Revitalize 250 there as well. Um, but you can give regularly uh, there and just fill in all that fill in gift aid declaration, you can do everything right then and there. So I'm just going to give 30 seconds uh, for people to just finish filling in either the pledge now or the give now form, if you are able to do that right now. There may be one or two you want to just wait for a bit longer, but if, let's just give 30 seconds now and then I'll move on to revitalize 250.
thank you to those of you who filled it in. If you haven't yet, um, it'd be so helpful if you're able to do that later today or certainly by next Sunday, just so we can get an idea by next Sunday of where we've got to with the general church giving. Now, finally, Revitalize 250. What's the deal there? Let me just um, say the great news, £4 million project. Uh, the great news, already close to half a million pounds has been raised of that four million that is needed. Um, but to kick off the building works next summer, we need to raise another 1.8 to 2 million pounds before next summer. Uh, we've had some encouraging feedback from other organizations and individuals outside of the church who are excited about what we're doing and could well be generous donors in funding it. But we know that the next stage of revitalizing this building, serving this community, it has to be borne out through the generosity of us the church family. And so we have planned that around 75% of all the funding will come from all of us. Now, those are clearly significant numbers. And as such, I want to be clear again, I'm not asking you to commit today, but just to start thinking and praying through how you might be able to commit in the coming months, even coming years. To set the scene, I think there are four main ways that we're asking people to give, if you're able to. Four main ways. Number one, a one-off gift. For many people, the next year is uncertain, but you may be able to give a one-off amount, whether that's 25 pounds, 250 pounds, 2,500, even 25,000, whatever it is. Are you able to give something now as a one-off gift? And you can do that through the Give Now button. Secondly, a, a one-year commitment. Uh, regular monthly uh, payments are a huge help. If you can say, actually, for the next year, I'm going to give monthly this amount, that would be wonderful. Thirdly, it might be a four-year commitment to pledge, I'm going to give this much a month for the next four years. That'd be amazing. And then fourthly, maybe some people you can give an interest-free loan. So for some people, there may be a portion of money that you're saving for the future, potentially sometime in the future, and would you consider a portion of that as a loan to the project to be paid back to you over the next five or ten years? So those upfront loans can really help us to meet the targets we need to break ground in the summer 2021. So you could do one of those, you could do more than that combination, whatever is appropriate to you. But I think the thing I'd love to encourage you to think through is to think about donating to Revitalize 250, not just as a bit more of your regular monthly giving, but actually, is this actually a way of making a significant sacrifice from another area? For some people, that won't be possible. But it may be, you know, one, one person on our giving committee gave a large sum of money from an inheritance that they recently received. They couldn't give more from a month, on a monthly basis from their current account, that wasn't possible at the moment, but they could say they recently received an inheritance uh, from a family member, and they said, actually, we're gonna give a big portion of that to the church. In the same way that HTC has pledged uh, from our reserves, are there reserves that you have, you may not, but are there reserves that you have that you could give to HTC? You know, could you forego that foreign holiday you were gonna have? Or, or a car you were about to buy, or an extension to your house or flat. Could you do that? Is there some sum that you could give in addition to your regular giving? Now, as I say, I don't want anyone to make a major decision today, but to pray about it. But I would love to encourage you to do two things today connected to Revitalize 250. First one is would you fill in the Revitalize 250 survey? If you go onto our website, you will see lots of links to the Revitalize 250 page. There's loads of information there. You can read all about it, read what different people have said, look at the plans, all the stuff. Have a look at that at some point later today. But on it, there is a survey which we'd love you to fill in about how you might give to the project. You're also, if you're on our database, tonight you're going to get an email with a link to it. So that's the first thing. Fill in the Revitalize 250 survey. But there's one other way that we would love you to show your commitment to Revitalize 250 today, and that is if you've caught something of the excitement of the vision, I would love you to donate 250p today to Revitalize 250. So £2.50. Would you text right now, if you're able to, revitalize, that word revitalize, to 70085. If you've got your phone there, 
uh, would you text right now to 70085 Revitalize? If you do that, you will be paying from your phone bill two pounds plus your standard network charge for a message, uh, and then you can make it up to two pounds fifty that you're giving because you'll get a text back in about two minutes' time that says, "Will you like to gift date it?" If you gift date it, you'll pay the ex you'll get the extra fifty p paid as well, and that'll make it up to two pounds fifty. So we know it's not a significant amount. We're not going to reach the four million pounds by everyone texting two pounds fifty. No, we're not going to do that. We know. But it sends a powerful message that as a congregation, we are all behind this project. So whatever it is that's caught your attention, if you are behind it, if you want to see this happen, I'd love you just to text today, revitalize, to 70085. So let me, as the band come up, uh, let me just give you 20 seconds to do that, if you're able to. Um, and then in a moment, we're going to stand for our final act of worship.